Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside, the show's about to start. That's tomorrow night. Oh, well. Anyway, welcome to the Christmas version of the Seth and Sean Sports Radio Show. Bowl predictions number two, or the second part anyway. A very happy holidays to all, and to all, a good evening. Hello, Seth. How are you tonight? Hi, Sean. I'm pretty bummed, I'll be honest with you. Um, I'm watching my fantasy team go down in flames tonight. In my, in my championship, at least I didn't have Todd Gurley for that reason, but still frustrating nonetheless. Otherwise, all is good. Well, I, I would like to take some of your holiday cheer and extol it to myself. As you know, we both lost in the, in the fantasy playoffs, but my pick'em league, I skyrocketed to number one today in one of our leagues. I am two games above the number two team. And then in the big winning pool, I am in third, fourth place, three games behind. So next week, I will be making some outrageous picks just to jump. I got to jump three people, though. So it's going to be an interesting selection Sunday for me in that I have to make picks that I would believe nobody else would just so I can make it into the top two. Top two make money. Uh, after that, they don't. So I would like to keep in the money uh, for the one that I am two games above. I actually picked, let me ask you this, who would you have picked tonight? Kansas City is getting three against Seattle in Seattle. And that game is just about to start, actually. Actually, it has started already. Um, I would probably take Kansas City. Seattle's defense is not what Seattle's defense used to be. I, I, I still, this Kansas City team is still so dangerous. And so I'd go there. So I went well, I really back and forth on Tyler Lockett right now. So I went back and forth in this all morning. And similarly, I went back and forth on the Patriots game all last night. And as it turns out, I picked, the Patriots were favored by 13, 12 and a half and 12 in my two. And I picked the Buffalo Bills and won one and lost the other. But all day, I'm going Seattle, Kansas City, Seattle, Kansas City. And then I looked up some stats. Did you know that Seattle is leading the league in rushing this year? I knew they were very high. I didn't know they were leading the league. It's a weird combination because between Car- – Penny hasn't been great. Uh, McKissick just got the ball. But between Chris Carson, who's been fantastic for them, and Russell Wilson, I knew they were in the top few. I didn't know they were number one. So, who do you think is the worst team against the run in the entire NFL? I'm going to guess Kansas City. You are correct. So, that is the reason. Yeah. Look, I'm not sure they can keep up with them. But if you continue to ground – I mean, I'm watching the game just like you, 9-10 left in the first quarter, and Kansas City uh, – sorry, Seattle has a 
I think it's a second down and one from the five. I have – I just believe – Seattle at home getting three points – oh, I'm sorry, it's third and inches. Getting three points in, in the second hardest home stadium in the NFL, I pick Seattle. And this could be a big turning okay. point for me. Um, I, could, I could really pull a, a three-game lead out of my league if I do this. So I'm, I'm very invested in the game tonight, which I didn't think I'd actually be invested – at all in the game tonight, and Seattle just got a touchdown, so they're up seven nothing. So I'm I'm plus ten right now, so good for me. Um, okay, Jets and Jets and Giants both lose. Giants lose in interesting fashion once again. Jets lose in predictive fashion to Aaron Rodgers. But between you and me, I was hoping for a loss. Were you actually hoping for a win? I go back and forth. Um, there's no point in rooting for a win at the for winning right rooting for a win. Um, they're going to end up. It's hard for me to root against them, but you know, look, I'd rather them have the number six pick than the number ten. So I was kind of indifferent. I just wanted to watch a good game, and I saw both games. I saw a pretty good game. So I enjoyed yeah, it for that. Yeah, Eli looked yeah. good. But it doesn't matter. And Kyle Loria, once again, will get no playing time next week. And you're back where you were last year. So here we are. The I'm not sure if you saw the end of the Saints game against Pittsburgh. I did. Saints, wrap, they wrap up home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And I would have a very hard time picking against them in any game against any, play, any team. I believe they will be the favorites against every team. I think that they will, they will go to the Super Bowl. That team is stacked. That home field advantage is ridiculous. It is the first, we'll make our predictions, obviously, at the end of next week into the following week for the wild card weekend. But on first glance, I don't see New Orleans losing until they get to the Super Bowl, if that Probably not, and I, think, and I think this this game gives Drew Brees the MVP. Um, as good agree. as Mahomes has been, and even though Drew Brees has not been great the last two or three weeks, to come from behind, you know, the, the, the last minute drive, you know, the touchdown. I think it was Thomas. Uh, you know, Juju. Maybe Juju should go back to playing video games. Uh, you know, he's talking about how. You know, he doesn't need to do all this. He's 23. He doesn't need to be resting his body in this, that, the other thing. Well, he didn't look great. It was still the old man, Antonio Brown, who looked sensational for them today. What an also unbelievable catch that didn't count. But a great game. And, you know, in our preseason, you know, we took our one stretch pull. And my stretch pull was that Tomlin gets fired. Pittsburgh's not going to make the playoffs. This team was, what, 7-2? 7-1, 2-1? Is there a chance that I was right? Well, okay. Let's understand that they can still make the playoffs. And it's, it's, it's actually they, realistic they that they can make the playoffs. No, no, no. They, they need jump. two things to happen. They, they need to beat the Bucks next week, which I don't think is oh, – I'm sorry, not the Bucks. They need to beat um, – sorry. The, who's the fourth team? The Ravens. The yeah, they have to beat the Bengals, which is basically beating the Bucks. 
the worst defense in, in the NFL. And Cleveland has to go to Baltimore and beat Baltimore. Is that re- Look, I never thought I'd say this, but is that really such an unrealistic scenario going on here? Are they only half Baltimore? They only half game. Uh, sorry, I yeah, was thinking more in the wild all- regards to the wild card. You're no, right. They I'm wrong. Just have uh, to, that's what they have. Whoa, wait a second. Can we repeat that? Uh, no, that's all that has to happen. Fumble. Those two. That's a fumble. Oh, those two. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm just waiting for a, si- a, s- a signal. So those two things are the only two things that have to happen, right? Nope, Chiefs ball. So the only two things that have to happen. And if Pittsburgh does make the playoffs, they would likely face who? The they would likely face either the Texans or the Patriots. Probably the Texans more than the Patriots. Texans losing today in unbelievable fashion to the Eagles, who kept themselves in the in the uh, the chase of the playoffs, but didn't want to spend all day talking about the NFL today, given the fact that it is bowl season. We do have a bunch of NFL playing, uh, and uh, sorry, NCAA bowls going on, uh, and we want to make some predictions upon those. We had some some uh, a major league baseball trade this past week. The NBA is going gaga over Anthony Davis, who hasn't said a word, which is always fun to see. And um, next week, of course, we will have our – whoa. Okay, so Damian Williams, the new back in Kansas City, just went for 20 yards down the sidelines. Okay, so we have our NCAA pools, uh, NCAA bowls. Uh, coming up this week, we start with – hold on. I'm getting where we going. Okay. The Serve Pro First Responder Pro Bowl, which is Boston College <laughs> versus Boise. It's it's the Cotton Bowl. It's called Before the First the Responder. Bowl. Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. It's played in the Cotton Bowl. My bad. Right. It's the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl. BC versus Boise State, uh, December 26th, 130, uh, playing in the Cotton Bowl. Who do you like there and why? Well, you watch more of BC this year than I have. They're going to a bowl They're game. Their coach, their coach still may be fired. That kind of says it all. No, no, he got uh, an extension. And Dazio oh, got an extension. And I, they've been talking about him being fired all year. Um Boise State's a better team, led by Brian Harvin, who just files, files the Dan Hawkins, Chris Peterson you know, tradition. Um, they, they're not as good as teams past, but they're good enough to win this game. I'll go Boise. Okay. Um, the Quick Lane Bowl, which is played in lovely, warm Detroit. Well, it, it's inside, so it is being played in warm Detroit. Minnesota gets uh, a lovely trip uh, south, and Georgia Tech gets a lovely trip north. Paul Johnson's last game, Minnesota has to defend the triple option. Yeah, good luck with that. I'll go with Georgia Tech. Is this the end of the triple option? Um, not sure. I don't believe always... Army's playing that way anymore, right? Neither is Navy. I don't believe that the, the Army are playing Navy still does. Okay. Navy still does. 
So, but Johnson retiring okay. after a pretty solid career, uh, both at, at Georgia Tech. So it's hard to defend the triple option if you're not accustomed to it. The Cheez-It Bowl at Chase Field in Phoenix, California versus TCU. Personally, I'd just prefer a big box of Cheez-Its. <laughs> but oh. Okay, once again, Balls Sean is ahead of me. Oh, come on. Oh, oh good. Okay, that keeps <laughs> me in the game. So just, so just for your – Sean, just for your knowledge. And so in the one league I'm left, I'm up 12. I'm playing against yeah. Mahomes, Kelsey, yeah. and Damian Williams. Yeah, there's no way, dude. <laughs> I know. No way. And I have okay. Tyler Lockett, and I have Case Keenum tomorrow night. Oh, then there's, I made there's one, a way. Very, very difficult. He also has Detroit, one of Denver's receivers, not Sutton. Who I, it was just, And my mistake was I benched Calvin Ridley for the first time this year because he's been pointless the last two months. And you start a receiver who gave me no points and said uh, Ridley got 20. So I'm pretty much conceding that this is dead. Okay, so California TCU, I'll go with Gary Patterson over any co- pretty much any coach uh, in, in, in a setup game. I'll go with TCU. So is Gary Patterson the second best coach in, in the, the NCAA? But he's very good. Okay. Well, you said you'd take him over any coach, so my thinking was you probably – if he was playing against Nick Saban, I'd probably take Saban. But other than I would that, say just, I just, just about. It was. It was just about. I said just about. It was not a. Okay. Okay. The walk-ons Independence Bowl, which in my opinion should be played only by walk-ons, but it's Temple versus Duke <laughs> at at Independence Stadium in Shreveport, Louisiana. Okay. Temple doesn't have a coach because he went to Georgia Tech. And Duke has David Cutliffe, Cutcliffe, and a first-round quarterback right. in Daniel Jones. I'll go with Duke. Okay. The New Era Pinstripe Bowl in lovely Yankee Stadium. By the way, it is now 7-3, to three, Seattle. 54-yard field goal, uh, good. So the New Era Pinstripe Bowl in Yankee Stadium. Miami travels to New York to play Wisconsin. Uh, one this of is, the – Disappointments of the year. Yeah, this this is the all we the all disappointment bowl. Wisconsin was actually I think my pick to go to the final to go to the playoff. Miami was a top ten all around. Um, neither team was was even close to living up to expectations. There's already rumors Mark Richt may be out in Miami. Um, I will go with Miami simply because uh, Horn, Alex Hornbrook's not going to be playing quarterback for Wisconsin, um, but. The thing I would be looking forward to more is actually the tailgates on the Upper East Side. Alex Hornbrook has, has concussion problems, right? Is that is that why yeah. he's not playing? Yeah. Okay. Okay, the Academy Sports Plus Outdoors Texas Bowl at NRG Stadium in Houston. Baylor goes up against Vandy. I'll go with the better coach. Uh, Derek Mason has done a nice job, but he's not Matt Rule. Matt Rule may actually get some pro, some pro uh, considering how many coaches are going to be gone by this time next week. Um, what he's done at Baylor has been extraordinary. I'll go with Baylor. Plus, it's in Texas. 
Okay, we move on to Friday, December 28th, the Franklin American Mortgage Music City Bowl. Music City Bowl is a good bowl. I liked going there, uh, at least for the, the students. Uh, Purdue travels to face Auburn in Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville is a great place if you get a chance to visit. Auburn, typically overrated, typically underachieved. Purdue beats Ohio State, plays really well at the end of the year. Uh, you know, they get to keep their coach, Jeff Brom, from going back to Louisville, which surprised everybody. Purdue's having a nice year. I'll go Purdue. Okay. As the, uh, the non-biased opinion here, West Virginia plays Syracuse in the camp, Camping World Bowl, 5:15 in Orlando at Camping World Stadium. First of all, did you know there was something called Camping, camping World Stadium? No. I had no idea. I'll make this really, really simple. Um, who's, the, who's the quarterback for Syracuse? Eric Dungy. Who's the quarterback for West Virginia? The guy that played two snaps all year. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go with Syracuse. Not Will Greer. That's basically exactly. what it means. That's what the answer is. Right? Not Will Greer. Okay. The Valero Alamo Bowl. Iowa State against Washington State in the Alamo Dome. Good ball, good game. Um, remember, Washington State was legitimately one game away from being in the Rose Bowl and potentially even with some luck making the, uh, making the Final Four, making the playoff. Iowa State beats these kind of teams. I do think that Washington State will, will be up for this, though. And even though David Montgomery is a heck of a running back, that quarterback from Washington State has a sensational year. And in a dorm, I'll go with Washington State. And that kind of that, the air leech option or the air leech offense or Mike Leach's off air, whatever you want to call it, air raid offense. Okay. We move on to Saturday, December 26th, the Chick fil A Peach Bowl. Now we get into the bigger type bowls Florida against Michigan. Both teams have to be disappointed playing on December 29th. I don't think Florida is. Florida was not supposed to be good this year, and Dan Mullen did a hell of a job. Michigan is going to be disappointed. They, I think a couple of their players aren't playing in this game because of the um, because they're, they're getting ready for the draft. But here's the thing. Florida's not good. They're simply not a good team. Uh, I, I think Michigan does win in kind of an uninspired, you know, effort. Okay. The Belk Bowl at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina. South Carolina travels all the way to Charlotte to play a team <laughs> that travels just as far in Virginia. I think it's a game that there will not be one person watching. Uh, Virginia was better than anticipated this year, but came. But I'd still take South Carolina in a in a who cares bowl. The Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl in Arizona, Arkansas State versus Nevada. The Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl. Yes, the yeah. Nova. I wonder if Chris Ault is still is still coaching in Nevada. Uh, I admit, admit we probably know less about this game than anything else than any other game. Um, I'll go with Nevada just because it's a lot closer for them than, than Arkansas State. I bring nothing else to this, to this bowl whatsoever. 
Okay, and now we start talking real bowl games because the two semifinals also take place next Friday. Oh, sorry, next Saturday. And that is Clemson versus Notre Dame at AT&T Stadium at the, at the Cotton Bowl, the Goodyear Cotton Bowl in Arlington, Texas. So where do you see this game going? Is Notre Dame up to the task against Clemson? We've, we talk about them all the time that Notre Dame gets a lot of notoriety because they're just Notre Dame. But is this the best Notre Dame team, say, in the last 10 years? The team that this is better than the team that went to the title game against uh, Alabama. That team was a joke. Um, and play this team is legitimate, led by Ian Book. Um, they, they're undefeated. They've looked great. Clemson has struggled. And I think is getting, you know, they struggled against your Q's. They struggled a couple other games. I'm actually kind of leading towards a surprise here. Um, you know, Clemson starting a red, starting a freshman, which is nothing new anymore. And they have the great defensive line and they have NTN, uh, the running back. I, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Notre Dame as much as that. And you know how much that hurts me. I think that hurts me more to hear it than you to say it. It, it really, I, okay. So that's the four o'clock game. I will take Clemson because I can't stomach seeing Notre Dame get into a finals. And you're right. Clemson is a team that hasn't played very many teams. Um, the, the, the schedule in the ACC is very soft even with Syracuse there. And, look, if Syracuse is the number two team overall in the ACC, you know it's a soft conference. And that's exactly what it was. So the second matchup, which I think will be a better game, I don't think Clemson-Notre Dame will be a good game. I think it will be an ugly game. I don't think either team is going to pull away. I don't think any either team is – they're good, but I don't think they're Alabama on or Oklahoma good. Um and here we go with Alabama and Oklahoma at the Capital One Orange Bowl, Hard Rock Stadium, Miami Gardens, Florida, 8 p.m. on Saturday night. The number one versus the number four. And you can make a case, at least I would make a case, that Oklahoma's the number two team in, in the country. I think they play better than either Clemson or Notre Dame. Their defense is horrendous. They went up yeah, but 60, so is Kansas City. to West Virginia. Yeah, but they okay. They went up over forty to to, to Texas. Um, yep. Their offense is the best in the country. Their defense is horrendous. Um, I like Bama in kind of a forty-seven thirty-seven kind of game. I do, and I also think Bama is going to be a little pissed playing because you know they thought that Tua should have won the. Um, should have won the uh, Heisman. And playing against Kyler Murray, they're going to be a motivated Alabama team. And this Alabama team well, is very good offensively. Well, I'll, take, I'll, I'll talk about this in two ways. First of all, you actually believe that Bama's defense is going to give up 37 points. Yeah. This is not one of the better Bama defenses that we've seen. Georgia ripped them apart. Even a couple other teams. So this has not been a great Alabama defense. It's the best Alabama offense we've ever seen. What we've seen in recent mm-hmm. times. And I think 
look, all reports are that two is going to come out and play. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you right now, I'd be very surprised if he does. It, it A broken foot coming back within a month, and I I would be very surprised. I think Jalen Hurts is going to be under center on on Saturday. And if that's – let me ask you this. If Jalen Hurts is under center, does it change your prediction? Yes. Okay. To um, what? Does Bama it lose? becomes a pick No, but it becomes a pick-up game. Ah. I, I just have a hard time doing – Janikowski just joined one. Yeah, you're Doink. a couple seconds ahead of him. Okay. We call it the so Mario Chalmers. Yeah, so Jalen Hurts starts, and you believe this is a pick game? Yeah, it kind of falls. Yeah, it kind of falls okay. to a, to a or, I, Alabama's still a better all-around team. Now, they have Kyler Murray, but I think their best, their best wide out is coming off of an injury. He should be back, but he may not be at 100%. Talking about Oklahoma, Bama is so deep at every position. Um, and I still like Bama. Okay. And we can talk. So next week we're going to have a show on Sunday night in all likelihood uh, due to the fact Probably. that Monday is New Year's Eve day and Seth and I will both be traveling. So we will have our end-of-the-year uh, recap. It may only be an hour, but we'll have our end-of-the-year recap on Sunday. So so we won't talk about uh the New Year's Eve bowls. We'll talk about that on uh, next week. So UFC has done something that I didn't think was even possible and changed the venue of a major event from Las Vegas to LA with a week to go. <laughs> uh, I I want to know if you have tickets can you get a refund? Because I think that's ridiculous. But talk about that. How? Why? Where? How? What, what's going on in the UFC? Well, this yes, only came out a couple of hours ago. This came out literally 15 minutes ago um, on oh, ESPN. Okay. This was yeah. This I knew nothing about this. My understanding is because of what happened with uh, John Jones testing positive for a test. He was cleared to fight in California, but he was not cleared to fight in Nevada. Um, so I'm a little baffled. Well, wait a minute. According to the UFC, U.S. Florida promotion and the Nevada State Athletic Commission does not consider the amount to be performance enhancing. Nevada does not have the time to, see, to go through a hearing in California, apparently, already is aware of this, so they don't need to. They don't need to. They don't need to go through a hearing if it's in California. Wow. I, I, I have no idea. Um, this is ridiculous. This is insane. Is money going to be allowed to be? Well, I think there's yes, two problems, here, right? No. Number one that John Jones tested positive for something again. No, he did not test right? something positive again. This is residual. 
This is from 27. Where this goes back to 27. So he has, so they're saying he has drugs, he has trace amount of drugs from over a year ago and it's still in his system? <sighs> yeah, pretty much. I'm, I'm just reading this as we speak. Both U.S. USADA and worldwide anti-doping experts told us this was not a re-ingestion of a prohibited substance. It was a remaining offense from the July 2017 positive test for which he was already sanctioned. And probably more wow. importantly, he retains no performing enhancing benefits from the small presence of the substance. Jesus. Okay. So what they're saying is California already will approve it. Nevada doesn't have time to go through a hearing with a week to go. Right. So, so they're moving it and full refunds for anyone in Vegas and tickets go on sale on Wednesday in LA. You want to go? Sure. Makes perfect sense to go to (laughs) California for two days before I go down to Boca. Yeah, why not? I'll just drive up or drive down, whatever the case may be. Okay. Okay. Big trade in Major League Baseball this week. All right. So, Yasiel Puig, Matt Kemp, Alex Wood, a couple of other players, uh, minor inclusions, go to Cincinnati for Homer Bailey and a couple of minor leaguers. So, this is you a, might have clear watch. Oh, no, I, I have a pretty good idea why. I'm assuming they're just clearing space to go for Harper. And to get under the, yeah, to get I'm, under I'm, the uh... I'm not so sure about that because they won't get under the tax. So, ladies and gentlemen, let me explain what happens here. Homer Bailey's annual average is 17.5 million. Uh, Matt Kemp, Yasu, what's that? I said, how is that possible? He signed a huge deal. I know that's so what I'm saying. How is Matt, that possible? Matt Kemp, because he's a, he's a pitcher. Matt Kemp, Yasiel Puig, and Alex Wood have a combined approximate annual value of $25 million for next year. What that means is the Dodgers traded $25 million worth of salaries. They added $7.5 million in cash, bringing it down to $17.5 million dollars. In return, Homer Bailey is $17.5 million for one person against the cap, and since the Dodgers are in the luxury tax, it's only 17.5. It's not 27. It's not 25. It's all a numbers game. It's basically money laundering MLB style. That's what it sounds like to me. So the so the Reds are making a play to be better. Alex Wood is probably the only player in that. I mean, Puig is an overrated player. Kemp is just awful defensively. And then you have Wood, and Wood is a good, Wood is definitely a good pitcher if he stays healthy. And Homer Bailey will be released within 24 hours of getting acquired by the, by the Dodgers. So it is a money dump. Now here's the thing though, Seth, last year, Andrew Friedman had the chance to get you in car. Oh, sorry. It's Giancarlo Stanton, who had a 12-year, $325 million contract with a lot of opt-outs. And he said no. He said that's not the way that the Dodgers do business. 
why would he now go after Bryce Harper with the same motives? Bryce Harper is going to need a 12-year contract, 10 to 12 years. He's going to want opt-outs because he's a Scott Boras client. He's going to want $30 million. Why would Friedman go for Harper when he wouldn't go for Stan? Because Harper, A, is a better player. B, he's a – there's a lot more – he brings a lot more to the party from a marketing and a marketing perspective and a merchandising perspective. And C, he's – Harper is kind of that, you know, cutthroat leader, or I think has the potential to be. I don't know if I should say he is. You know, is much more of a personality than Stanton ever was, which will fit may fit well fitted well in LA. Um, now again, they have Verdigo who's coming up, so that you're right. It may just be a strict salary dump, but I mean, Giancarlo Stanton is a one trick pony. Always has been. Now the contract he signed in Miami was in Florida was nuts. And the only reason the, Giants, the Yankees made the trade is because Florida's covering a very good portion of it, out of what I understand. Now, he's a nice player, but he's not Bryce Harper. Um, that's, why, that's why you can go after Bryce. You're doing it because you're getting one of the top five talents in baseball. That's why you do it. I wouldn't put Stanton at that level. Okay, I don't disagree with you. I think he is one of the top five talents in baseball. I think the problem that I've always had with Bryce Harper, and I think most players have, most people have, is the fact that he just hasn't put it together. He's 26. And one would think he had one amazing season. He had a a wins over replacement of over 10, which is ridiculous. But he's not Mike Trout. Right? I mean, Mike Trout is is the best player in the game, and right. he's just not there. So he has the ability to be there, but he's not there. So you're banking on a lot of he could be, he could be, he could be, rather than what he is. So if you're Andrew Friedman, are you basically giving up a whole lot of payroll flexibility over the next 10 years giving it to this guy? I don't know. I mean, somebody's going to do it. So now it's the question is who, and do the Dodgers really need to do it? I mean, the Dodgers are Dodgers can take on the salary whenever they want, right? I mean, they don't need to do it now. They could do it via trade when some team is trying. Trust me, the team that gets Bryce Harper, in my opinion, is not going to keep Bryce Harper. How many of these ten to twelve year deals with twenty to twenty five million dollars? has the team actually kept the player throughout the entire contract? Very few. Uh, I can only name two. I'm sure there are more, but I can only name two. I can name Derek Jeter, and I can name Mike Trout. That's it. Joe Maurer. Okay. He was a 10-year Correct, Joe Maurer. Yes, Joe Maurer. You are absolutely right. Joe Maurer. There's three. You are 100% correct. Joe Maurer is one of those. They're few and far between, right? Because what generally happens is a team trades that guy and adds money so the team that picks him up or collects him in the next team doesn't have to pay him all that much, just like the Giancarlo Stanton contract. 
I can't make money because the guy's making $30 million. So I'm going to trade him, add some money, so I can make less money. It's a ridiculous notion. But you know what? We'll probably see that in January or February because Scott Boris has been taking his players later and later and later into the, uh, the free agency pool. While most contracts used to be signed in December at the winter meetings, you only saw two or three contracts this year signed at that point. Uh, it looks like Kelsey. Nope. Sorry, I forgot you're at, I'm ahead of you. My apologies to all. And especially to those that are listening on the podcast that really don't care what's happening in the <laughs> Kansas City-Seattle game at this point. So, uh, the NBA this week, and I know we, we generally don't start to really talking about the NBA until February, around the All-Star break, because we have the football, we have the winter meetings, we have the hot stove, we have college, college football, and we have hockey. Oh, and we have hockey, but here we are. LeBron James has basically, set, has basically become a one-man recruiting show. And tampering does not. I wasn't going to tell you. I wasn't going to tell you, my friend. I wasn't going to tell you. That's okay. I knew I was out of this going in. It's fine. Okay, continue. So, do you? So, general managers are not allowed to talk about other players on other teams, but players actually are not forbidden from doing it. Do you agree? Agree or disagree? with LeBron being able to basically solicit any player he wants on any team he wants at any time he wants because he's a player rather than a general manager. I don't think he should be able to. I guess I really haven't given much thought to it. Um, I know there's been a lot of criticism about him in regards to this. But again, I guess I also come from the generation where the best players played against each other. It's bad enough seeing them all were all all kind of cohab not cohabitate, but all kind of blend to play together to make super teams. But it's bad enough, you know, recruiting someone two years away from actually being a free agent. Um, I don't like it. I never have. Do I think it's gonna? Do I think the NBA is gonna do anything with it? Not really. Well, I don't believe the NBA can do anything with it, right? Because no, they all right, so they they could certainly stop it publicly, but yeah. you know, LeBron has AD's cell phone number, right? I mean, yeah, he can sure just pick up the phone, right? He can just text him or call him or whatever else he wants to do. But he can certainly get his uh, get his point across if he wants to, regardless of what the NBA allows and doesn't allow. Here too, I guess that's a yes. I guess you're agreeing with yeah. me. Woo-hoo. I am agreeing with you. <laughs> that that is excellent news. Okay, so we're not going to talk about the NBA anymore tonight because there's really no need to do that. Signing day for college football. I know we went from college football to baseball to basketball, and now we're back to college football. Signing day for college football was this past week. 
I got an interesting vibe from, from a Michigan fan the other day. And you tell me what you think about this. He invests no time in signing day. He invests no time in recruiting. He invests no time in even watching the prospects in which Michigan is looking at. Because he says 30% of them will never play on Michigan. 30%, while they may be three- and four-star athletes, will never start on Michigan. And the other 30%, yeah, they'll play, but I have no idea which 30% that is out of the 100%. Well, it's a lot easier to say that when you're a top 10 team every year. And the for for someone like me, whose team is perpetually at best fifth in its division, and you see four-star trans, you know, four-star people coming in, it's a little bit more of an optimistic feel. And I do follow it. Now, is he a big as big a Michigan fan as you are, Syracuse, or I am Maryland? Yes, he is. No. I mean, I don't know too many people who follow Maryland recruiting. So, you know, despite how big a fan they may be, do you know that many people who follow Syracuse recruiting for football, not for basketball? No, the only the only people that I know that follow that are my friends <laughs> and the people on the Facebook uh, page, uh, Orange State of Mind. We follow it, but other than that, it is it's not a look. We follow basketball a lot more than we follow football. I mean, and also, you're not recruiting. I mean, Babers, it doesn't get five-star players. He gets players who fit the system. Now, to be fair, he wouldn't be getting five-star players anyway, most likely. But in Maryland, gets a couple. We get two or three every year. For these kind of, well, at least we're in the running for two or three every year in the D.C. area. We have one, I think, right now in Anthony McFarland, who's a superstar. But... Hey Seth, you're, Seth, you're coming in mumbling. I don't know if you switched the phone or went to speaker yeah, or something. Okay. Um, I enjoy it just to see what's going on. That's why I read Maryland twenty four seven, twenty four seven. I I, I subscribe. It's fun. Um, but at the end of nope, the day, no, can't hear you. Cannot. You can't hear me. Now I can hear you. Really? Whatever you okay. just did, I, go back to that. Okay. Um, I have no idea, but you know, I, I read twenty four seven Maryland to see who they're going after and to see. But at the end of the day, he's right. You know, a lot of these three star, four star guys, even coming into Maryland, which is not Michigan when it comes to football. You know, it's great that they come in and then they get tra- they transfer to Towson or they become a special teams player for two years and you completely forget about them. So I kind of understand that unless there's a specific position, like when Maryland lost their top five quarterbacks. Okay, I was a little bit curious to see. Oh, they're getting Dwayne Haskins. That's great. Until they're not getting Dwayne Haskins, then it's not quite as great. But you know, <laughs> to see what kind of offensive linemen are coming in, you know, what, what, what the hell do I know? I have no idea who, what the right call is on something like that. So, what did you think of your what did you think of your recruiting this week? Uh, I knew there wouldn't be much. We just got a new coach, literally, a week and a half ago. We got one uh, top, one four-star recruit that flipped from West Virginia. And there's a couple other ones that they're going to be going after in February, which is the, which is the actual signing time, as opposed to the early signing one in December. So 
it may be too late for this year. They're still putting together locks, but you're still putting together a staff, let alone uh, being able to recruit while being the offensive coordinator for Alabama. So there's a lot of moving parts. I don't, my expectations are not that high for this year. Okay. That, that's perfectly fair. So we've got 15 minutes to go. Again, if you'd like to call in 760-283-0846. Seth, is there anything you'd like to discuss this week? I am running out of subjects. I, I, it's, it's a late night for me, 9.15 here. Uh, I had a great time this weekend in Rhode Island with uh, my friends, but uh, the dawn is soon approaching and Sean is ready for bed. So I will leave it up to you for uh, subject why matter. Just, why, would, why don't we just cut it short this week? That's perfectly fine with me. Okay. Could, so we will I mean, we're not going to talk about boxing. We're not going to talk about hockey. Um, we talked about Harold Baines last year. And if we're not going to talk about the NBA, and, like, we'll talk about so many of these coaching jobs that are going to be open. I think it's going to be the most since 2013. I think Sounds good. Great. Okay. So we'll cut, we'll, we'll cut you guys short a little bit, 45-minute show this week. For Seth Kamins, this is Sean Palmer. We'll see you guys next week for our end-of-the-year recap. Have a great week, everybody. Good, good night, Sean. Merry Christmas, everybody. Nice.